Hello, KM family, and welcome to the Kingdompreneur Mentor Podcast, where listeners experience God's unfair advantage in life and business, hosted by Reggie Flowers. Kingdompreneur Mentor supports the development of faith-based entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs by helping them to dismantle their struggles and gracefully build a life of fulfillment and success while honoring God. We exist to provide you with the evidence that faith plus skills times belief equals disproportionate increase in your life and business. So whether you're listening in your office, kitchen, car, or on the treadmill at the gym, thank you for trusting us with your ears as we continue to strive to maintain that trust. Thank you, Shannon, for that wonderful message. And hello and welcome, Kingdompreneur Mentor family. This is Reggie Flowers. If you're joining us for the first time, please subscribe, like, comment. Let us know what you thought about the content today. And if you are officially a part of the family and you're coming back, we greatly appreciate your support. We greatly appreciate your insight, your thoughts, your emails, and ultimately you being a part of this mission and vision. I just want to let you know we are in for a hot topic today. And so for some of you, this may be triggering. For others, it's going to be enlightening. But here's what I do know. I know that we are going to grow together. I know that we're going to learn again together. And I'm going to come from my perspective, okay? So yes, I'm going to be referencing scripture. I'm going to be referencing some facts. But I'm going to give you my perspective. And I want you to understand that I am not coming to the table thinking I am a perfect man. I am coming as someone who has a tremendous amount of experience, someone who realizes what works and what doesn't work, what's effective and what's ineffective, who's made many mistakes and also became wise through those mistakes. And so I'm going to come from that uh, paradigm or way of thinking. I also want you to know, just as a disclaimer, this is not an attack on women. This is not an attack on men. Our focus in this conversation will be based on, you guessed it, the enemy. And what we're going to talk about today is the systematic attack on marriage. And as you may know, the theme for the month of May is building faith under pressure. So the systematic attack on marriage is rampant, it's wild, it's out of control. And I am someone who's been fortunate enough to honor my covenant with God, both through death separating on the first end and continuing to be married today. And the value of marriage has been tremendous in my life, not only as a father, as an entrepreneur, as a man of God. The value is very clear to me. It's always been very clear to me. Well, I won't say it's always been very clear, but once it became clear to me, it's remained clear to me. And you may be married or you may be preparing for marriage. You may be unsure. You may be a man who is doing exceptionally well or a man that's in process. You may be a woman who's in pursuit of her education or her career or who would love to just be a stay-at-home mom. Wherever this message resonates with you, I just want to bring you the facts. I want us to focus on the facts. I want us to focus on the word and really focus on aligning ourselves with God's word. We have done such a terrible job of staying on top of this. And I think it's voices such like mine and others to just be a reminder on exactly what it is that we should be doing and why we should be valuing. Uh, And and today's time is really going to be about marriage. What we're going to spend our time on today is we're going to focus on the enemy. We're going to look at the image and both the, the image and role of a man and a woman. We're also going to talk about marriage specifically. So we're going to go through the enemy, the image and role of a man, the image and role of a woman, and then marriage. 
I think we have to really look at who's really at fault here. So often we naturally want to blame either the men or we want to blame the women. The reason why marriages aren't lasting. And we know the statistics, and if you don't know the statistics, we're going to go through them today. But everyone's pointing the finger at one another. Everyone's blaming one another. And then there's a big group in between who are trying to make a decision on which direction to follow. And I really want to speak to that group, that undecided group that needs direction, that's hearing both sides of the argument, that's seeing the results of broken families. They've maybe grown up in a broken family. I myself am from a single parent household. I'm not sure about your household. But if you're ready for this conversation, again, type down, I'm ready. Because we're going to dive into some good stuff. So let's really talk about the enemy, right? The devil, Satan, the fallen angel. We have to start there because the, the person who is the master of whispering lies and then embedding those lies into the, into the mind of those who were able to perpetuate the lie and structure the lie and scheme the lie, we got to go back to the origin of truth, and then we have to go back to the origin of lie. And so the origin of lying comes from the father of lying, which is Satan. Whenever you hear these debates on podcasts and you know the, the television or radio station, it's always man versus woman. But it's never like, how did we get here? Who told the lie? Who perpetuated the lie? And then who bought, who bought into the lie? So when you think about the enemy's sole purpose, we have to start there. And so I'm going to come right out of scripture because I think it's really important to go back to God's word, right? And Jesus' teachings. And so the first word that we're going to come out of is John 10, 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Did you hear that? To steal, kill, destroy. So to steal families, destroy families, kill families, right? Like you got to understand his purpose. And then we're going to talk about the scheme and what he does it through. But you got to know his purpose. I come that they might have life and they have, they might have life. And I come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. So we know who that is. That's Jesus. He's coming to give life and to have it more abundantly. While the enemy's objective, still kill, destroy. So two different perspectives, two different focuses, right? Two different purposes. So when we start walking through the destruction of the family, the dissolving of the family, let's not point the finger at the man. Let's not point the finger at the woman. But let's look at, focus at who's really the culprit behind this. And so for those of you who are like, I'm atheist, you can't blame this on science. <laughs> okay, you just can't. Okay, forgive me for that. So then we got to go into the strategy. Now, the strategy is the plan of action to achieve the scheme. Okay, so let's talk about the strategy. What is the enemy or Satan going to do? He's going to create confusion in both man and one man, right? Then he's also going to fill them up with pride. And we know that pride comes before the fall. So if we're filled with pride and not humility then we can't resolve issues, we can't coexist, we can't effectively communicate. You know, we're so prideful that we only can be right. There can be no alternative option. In addition to that, the lies, 
you have this group. Some people want to use there's feminism and then there's the feminism with agenda. And then people want to use certain words like misogyny. And we're going to get into that misandry, right? Which is you, you never hear about, right? The hatred of men. You always hear the hatred of women because there's an agenda. And, and we want to folk, get back to that. But then the way that is kind of entered into our society in such a subtle and non-harmful way is entertainment. When we look at the entire scope of entertainment, we have sports. We have television shows, we have reality shows, right? We have scripted shows, we have movies. And when we look at this whole scope, we know that all that you will hear things that would be said like I had to give my soul to the devil to be famous or I had to do some unlawful or immoral things in order to become successful in entertainment. Who do you think is driving that initiative that focused that area and I remember looking at movies as a younger man not paying much attention to the lies the schemes the non-biblical approach but as a more wiser man now when I see movies and I enjoy movies right like I enjoy entertainment but I know where entertainment is and it's not an influencer in my life I can see it now through the biblical eyes versus the eyes of someone who is confused or doesn't know the word. And through the biblical eyes, you begin to see just a high level of distortion, deception, lies that people are buying into and they make it sound so normal. One of my previous favorite movies back in 2011 was called Something Borrowed, which had Kate Hudson and uh, the other young ladies like Jennifer and the moral of the story is, is that Jennifer connected her friend Kate with this guy that she went to college with that she was crazy about. However, she didn't have the courage to allow him to let him know that she was into him. And so she connected her best friend with him. They're now engaged. He then seeks after his fiance's friend to let her know, like, hey, I, I was actually into you too. They sleep together. And now they have this entanglement, okay, that's what we call it today, an entanglement or a triangle love affair, where she has to decide the girl in the middle to go for her best friend or for the guy that she's in love with who's, you know, engaged to her best friend. And the way the story plots out and, and the catalyst and, and the end, you would feel as a normal person like she was right for pursuing her friend's fiance because she met him first or she was into him first. And just the fact that there's such an immoral compass in the movie, but they put it in such a way that is justifiable, this conduct happens in the real world and people think that this is okay because of what they see on television and how it made them feel. See, the enemy is always going to apply pressure to the emotion because he knows the emotion is not fact and that it's, all to it's always wavering and it is not foundational, it is not solid. So therefore, if I can get you to feel a certain way that feels just to you, it feels moral to you, no matter how immoral it may be, then you will act upon it. And so entertainment has really caused people to look at relationships between man and woman differently or 
relationships in general have changed from the biblical standpoint now to just the transgender conversations, same-sex conversations, when you look at it across the scope, and then you're standing here as a Christian confused, like, am I wrong for standing firm on what the Bible says, or should I be more liberal on this approach, but I know what the Bible says, but society says this, right? You are now confused. And if you have, if you don't have a enriched experience in Jesus' teachings and God's word, then you will begin to fall into this comfort of thinking, hey, this is all okay. So I think it's important that we all take a step back and really hear this conversation thoroughly because it will help you and I really begin to recognize what's taking place here. And it's really ultimately the destruction of God's family. And then the scheme. We talked about purpose, strategy, now the scheme, which is the overarching plan. And the overarching plan is first and foremost, destroy family structures. Get men out of the homes, get women leading the home, get men justifying why they should leave, getting women saying, I don't need a man. Like, and then what do we do over time? We reduce procreation. And when we reduce procreation, then the purpose of man and woman together begins to dissolve. And we're seeing this right now, real time. And the word said, in the end of times, these types of things would happen. And so we're realizing it right now, but it isn't yet over. It is also to change the definition of marriage. What marriage was defined as, especially as a Christian marriage 20 years ago and today, marriage almost, you're taking the ceremonial part of God out of marriage, the holy matrimony out of marriage, and it's just now this word that defines a commitment defined by legal paperwork, a construct, a contract between two individuals who are in love. But that's not what it says in the Bible. The Bible says between man and woman that go before God, right, in holy matrimony. And destroy how we perceive it. So as Christians looking at this and our perception of it, he wants to destroy so we don't stand firm in the word. So the enemy is working to get us as Christians to buy in, to help really perpetuate this nonsense versus pulling people back and say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I understand what the enemy is doing. I understand his deceptions. I understand his, his plot in this movie. But I know the director. And I know who has the final say. And this is what they want us to do. And that final say is God. And we need to bring it back to that. Let's go into Isaiah 520. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, and put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Have you seen now? I just had a post, and you can check it on, on our Facebook page or our Instagram page. Where I have, um, what's that gentleman's name? He's an entertainer. I don't remember his name now, but you'll see it. And the date, the debate is between he and Stephen from the late night show about God and atheism. And he's going back and forth. And when you listen to this conversation, you're hearing people actively denounce God. But here's what they don't do. Here's what's really sneaky. They denounce God, but they do not pronounce Satan. It never comes out their mouth. 
they never go ahead and say like who they're really serving now. Shady, isn't it? I know. They denounce God. Hey, no, there's no God. I don't believe in God. But they won't tell you that they believe in Satan. They do. Let's not be fooled. They do. But they can't let you know that because then you'll be appalled. But the argument about whether God's real or not is acceptable. But they can't accept whether or not God is, in fact, real. And we know he's real. So let's not be confused on the fact of that the atheism is very like a secret approach to all this. And when I think about the word, like what we thought, so therefore the scripture talks about what is good now sounds evil. But when you now talk about Christianity and spirituality, it's like, oh, you're an occult, you know, that's religion. People in religious factors are, are dumb, right? They're making what's good now sound evil. And then what is evil? Let's be free. Let's do what we want. Let's have no structure. Let's, if people get hurt, let's destroy families. Let's destroy marriage. Let's destroy the construct between man and woman. And let's not be oppressed. Let's not allow men to control us. Let's not allow a woman to, let's allow women to do whatever they want and get out of control. And, and, it's, and it's all this chaos going on, but it sounds good now. That scripture really outlined the fact that what is now bitter is now sounding sweet. But when we walk through the facts, you will quickly realize that what's sounding so sweet is actually still very bitter. <laughs> and you'll know as we start talking about the image of the man. So let's go into the second point, which is the image and role of the man. What did God make man to do? What was his purpose? What was the form of his creation? To provide, to protect, and to be the priest of the home. That is the primary fundamental purposes of man. Leadership, authority. He was designed for that. He was built for that. He was built to handle stress. He was built to handle, you know, we were stronger because in primitive years, we had to use our strength physically. And now in, in a more information age, psychologically, we were built for this. We were not built to be excellent nurturers. We were not built to be feminine. We were not built to not lead, to not provide value in that context. Please, if your home is being ran differently, this is the time to just listen, not to take offense. We're going back to the word. I am the messenger, but I also live this, so I have experience with this. There's value here. There's value in what you, who you are biologically and stepping into your natural biological order. This does not mean that if you are, well, we'll get to the next the third point before I get off track. But what has changed in the role and image of a man, we can look at movies. We were just at, um, we went to go see Fast and the Furious 10. And we have Jason Momoa who is a broad, big, typically, if you see him in Aquaman and any other movie that he's been in or the TV series that he's on and Apple TV, very masculine roles. His structure is that way, right? Very Conan, barbarian type um, structure. Well, in this movie, his nail, fingernails are painted, matching his outfit. He's denouncing masculinity for femininity. And it just doesn't look right. It doesn't. 
Now, am I saying that men can't be compassionate, can't be sensitive, can't be understanding? Of course we, that's very important. That's called emotional intelligence. So your EQ, yes, you need to develop that as a man. Yes, you need to work on that as a man. But being feminine is not the same thing. But the lie makes you believe it's the same thing. It's not. And so what's happening is men's leadership is now being distorted as control. Their authority is now being distorted as insecurity and therefore made to look weak, ineffective, and untrustworthy. Now, are there men who are weak, who are untrustworthy, who are ineffective? Yes. But that is not all men. But that is now the perception of all. And that is an agenda and a target on man from the enemy because what does it allow the woman to do we'll step into that shortly and so therefore the man's value and purpose in a relationship is to provide we are wired to want to go to work create produce and know that our families are well taken care of it gives us purpose it gives us value now, even if a man chooses to stay home because the woman's the provider, it does not usurp his authority nor his leadership. But even taking care of his home in that context will provide value. It is a different way of providing. When I move into the next thought process is, as a man today, what did God want us to do? Who did God want us to be in the likes of? When we think of God, do we see a feminine approach well some people would debate that God is a woman that is a whole nother conversation at a different time but ultimately what does what is the man was made an image of who God and when we look at the authority the approach the creation the um, the words like Alpha Omega those words are now transcending with women but when biblically, the definition of a woman was meek, chaste, soft. Now I'm an alpha female. We, we're getting to those conversations. And when we look at the data and look at the outcomes, it's just not working as well as people would like. So let's talk about point three, the image and role of a woman. Now, when you think about what God made a woman to do, he made her to be the help meet. And somehow the enemy has done this great job of making that statement sound so undervalued, devalued, uh, that patriarchy and misogyny is oppressing women because they're to help me. What's interesting though is when you tie a check to that same role, women thrive in that environment. When you think about women who are leading administration for organizations, when you think about women who are leading in hospitals or in daycares. Like, how would you feel if you dropped your child off to a group of men taking, a, taking care of your child for the day? Would you be comfortable with that? Most people wouldn't. Changing diapers, all that. A whole bunch of men running around taking care of kids. It wouldn't feel right because biologically it wasn't designed that way or structurally it wasn't designed that way. But how somehow some way the enemy is doing a great job trying to confuse the thought process of making us believe that in certain categories we need to change this order but not all categories and that's where the confusion really lies and that's where the lies lie in those lies 
process that one for a second. Women, the help, help meet. To be the carrier of life. The lie that's being told today is that women create life. If that was true, then the feminist movement would thrive because women would no longer procreate with men. And you may say, well, Reggie, they can go to the sperm bank. They still need sperm. They cannot do it independent of sperm. There still needs to be the sperm and the egg that need to come together to create life. And only God can create life. Those eggs by themselves cannot be fertilized. So therefore, women are the carriers of life, the nurturers of life, the protectors of life, which is a tremendous responsibility, which is a tremendous value. And men such like myself and others, we can never truly know what that is like, but we can appreciate it. We can be grateful for it. But what is the enemy doing? Teaching them to find security and being independent. I need to be misindependent. I'm an independent chick. I'm an independent boss. I don't need a man. That statement alone really has a big red flag within it. Because when you think about the fact that if you're in a household by yourself as a woman or your apartment more than likely, and spiders enter in your home, I would say, I would guess that 95% of those ladies are not going to be actively trying to pursue killing those spiders, that they're going to look for the orkin man, right? They're going to look for the guy to come in and kill them. Hey, I got bugs. I have a rodent. Like if a squirrel or raccoon got in your house, I don't see women, the independent woman, the alpha woman, the boss woman going back to back with a, a raccoon. I just don't. I mean, comment below if you disagree. Like, if you're a woman that's, I'm talking about majority, not all. There are some of you right now that are in certain parts of the world where this is commonplace. I am saying the vast majority, they're going to find and look for a man to help that. There's value in that. Just like a man, when he's ready to start a family, he wants to look for a woman to start a family. There's values in our roles, but the roles are trying to be deceived by the enemy to change that sexual liberation before women were oppressed sexually and only men were liberated so now women are liberating themselves sexually but when we look at the data God didn't wire women to effectively be liberated that way he wired you to be liberated with your husband but now with the multiple partners and the multiple experiences each time it you connect and biologically you connect with each partner and by the time you get to your primary partner it becomes harder to you for you to statistically sustain a good marriage to be one with that person i know this for a fact this is not this is an incontrovertible conversation here ladies and gentlemen so we're not going to dispute this this is factual however because the enemy has liberated this now more and more men and women are going to have less chances to become married, to have sustainable families that don't end in divorce, right? So therefore, this strategy is destroying the family as well. And then specialize equality. Obviously, as an African-American, I believe in equality. But there's specialized equality between man and woman, meaning women will use the word equality 
and also in context oppression, but it's specialized. If you think about it, it's very specialized. It's not happening in low-level jobs. Women aren't in a rush to go to war, okay? Now, are there women in our armed forces? Yes. But imagine if there was the listing and all women had to go to war. That would be chaos because they know biologically that is not their natural innate process, ability, nor are they skilled for biologically. There's the exception, but that is not the rule. And then protection. Do we really see a world where women are protecting men? Do women, would you want the role of being a protector to your man? You're laying in bed and you hear somebody break in and you're like, honey, stay right there. I'm going to go handle this. Or you got, a, you got a grown man laying right next to you and he's hiding underneath the covers and you're the one going to see if the armed robber or the robbery that's taking place in your home and your responsibility to debunk it or defuse it? It just sounds crazy when we talk about it, doesn't it? So the reality is, is that when we look at the specialized equality, it's on areas of high-level jobs, sexuality. It's on the conversation of entertainment, right, where the enemy is lying there all the time, right? His contracts are there all the time. And then what's happening is that because of this, men's authority is now equal to misogyny. So if we try to be authoritative, which are natural leaders, right? Leaders have authority, they have influence, but now it's described as misogyny. Unless there's a paycheck tied to it. Women will submit and yield to a man's authority if they're being paid. Because the system is saying, hey, sis, girl, gal, go get your education. And then when you get your education, start your career. But if a man is leading that role, not all, but if he is, I will yield to him, I will submit to him, and I will obey because I am career driven. But if that same man showed up in my personal relationship, how dare you try to control me? You're insecure. Same behavior, different outcomes. New Age feminism would be equal to misandry, right? So we don't ever hear anyone talk about misandry at all, which is truly the hatred of men. Why? Because men aren't the ones stirring up the pot. We just hear misogyny, not misandry. And so if one can happen, the other one can't, doesn't that sound like an agenda? Does that sound equal? Because when you listen to the, the words that women are using, the modern woman is using, is really designed to devalue the man's value or his identity. But then when we fast forward, these, if we look at this control group of women who are pro what we described, con family, then they get in their 50s and 60s and they've gotten past their triumphant years and the years of bearing children, Statistics are showing that many of them are wishing that they would have had a family, that they would have gotten married, that they would have had the companionship and comfort of a man. That's what they're wishing. But then because of the lies, we look at the fact that 70% or now 75% of the initiation of divorces are done by women. And the lie is, is that they're fed up with the behavior of man. Well, 
I think it goes back to number one, the enemy's line, and then secondly, your skill set on determining a partner. If you're not equipped to identify your value system and the value system reflectionary into another person, I don't think you got fed up. I just well, you you found an excuse to end it, but you accepted that person, and then people say, oh well, it's the honeymoon period, and then once we got married, they changed. Fundamentally, people are who they are. It's just whether or not you were so engulfed with all the chemicals in your brain experiencing heightened experiences of love and excitement that you were blind to the signs, the behaviors, the communication patterns. You just overlooked it and you often gave them the benefit of the doubt. Now you're fed up. But what we don't talk about is the word commitment anymore, which means... Doing what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. So honeymoon period is over. What about this word called commitment? What about working through it? What about figuring it out? Why are you so quick to hit the stop button? Well, Reggie, you know, I, you don't understand. I tried. I did this. I did that. But he, the moment a person that starts like that, or Reggie, I tried, she if you don't begin by starting the conversation with you and I with, here's what I did wrong, or here's what I take responsibility in this mess, then you still haven't really learned a fundamental lesson in that, and you'll pass that on to, if you get married again, to the next spouse, which won't be fair. So let's go into the point number four, marriage. I truly believe that people don't even know what marriage is for anymore. Now it's been commercialized, it's been patronized, it's been demonized. What was marriage really created for? Let's spend a little time here on that. So God honors and values family. Why did he give us marriage? Because it says in Genesis 2.18 that a man should not be alone. So he knew a man needed a woman and he cre- he pulled a rib to produce Eve to create that one man so he valued and understood that there need to be companionship he also understood that another point of marriage was procreation to be fruitful and multiply and then also redemption to allow two people to come together to navigate around sins and to work towards salvation together because two minds are going to be greater than one if they're the right partner. But because the enemy has commercialized it, now it's just like, get a partner, let's see how it goes, and if it doesn't work out, get another partner, and see how it goes. If it doesn't work out, get another partner. It's not a big deal. Oh, don't let people judge you. Don't feel bad. Keep going. It's, look, It's okay. You know your worth. I mean, we can go on and on. But the value and the fundamental thought process has changed now. And when you look at statistically, there's a huge decline of women in their 20s bearing children. It's actually now, statistically, less less women are having children before the age of 30. It's now a 28% decline since 2007. And the cause for that Career focus, so money, right? People are like, well, that's, that's my purpose. That's my calling. The Bible doesn't say that the job 
of being being in a business or being in a construct is your purpose. The purpose was you taking care of your family. And then taking, part of taking care of your family was, yes, you would make money and reinvest that money to grow the estate. Yes, but that wasn't the the primary purpose. The family, the children, the husband was your primary purpose, honoring God. And then education focused. I mean, today, education for women is like their man. Like, I'm not going to deal with a man. I'm not going to focus with a man. I got to stay focused on this other man, which is my, my school, right? He comes first. He's most important. But I got to go into debt to date him. I have to sacrifice four years of my life, maybe six years of my life, if I want to get the different version of him, which is my MBA or my master's. And then when I come out with this debt, I got to now work my butt off to pay it off. And so I don't have no time to date and, and any nonsense or foolishness because I got to pay back my man for giving me this paper. It's amazing how many people think that that makes so much sense. Now, am I telling you don't go to school? No. But I think when you look at it from a perspective of if I'm to be a help me, why not find someone that's moving and grooving, let me apply what's already in me to help accelerate them. That's a great job too. It pays well. Oh, but I don't know if he's going to leave me. You know what's so wild to me is that people will be fearful of something that has not come to pass based on what's going on in other people's lives. The leaving, look, if women are leaving, for like, it's crazy to me that the statistics show women are the ones that are leaving, but the people talking about leaving all the time are the women. I don't want him to leave me. So it's like this confusion and deception that the enemy has done such a great job putting into the minds of our women. Just like the snake whispered into Eve's ear. It wasn't Adam's, right? The whispering happens into the emotional creature to make an emotional decision because we know when we're emotional and we're not logical, we're not making, we're not thinking rationally. And we see all this irrational behavior that's becoming normalized and is really destroying the family, destroying the image of man and woman. And really the culprit behind this is the enemy. And here's something I want you to hear. This is coming out of, this is coming from Stephen Speranza, New York Times. The annual fertility rate may be dropping. Births have fallen for six straight years at decline precipitously during the pandemic, but to share of but the share of women who have children by the end of their reproductive years has been climbing. Still in the past decade, births of women over thirty have not offset the decline of women in their twenties, driving down the overall births and leaving an open question. Are young women delaying childbirth or foregoing it altogether? Yes. There's no question. Less women are having children. I hope this initial conversation gets you to really think who's really behind all this. And I want to go into our two-minute recap. Point number one in a two-minute recap. The devil is the father of all lies. I think it's really time for us to spend a little time asking, are we looking at the facts? Are we looking at the truth? Or are we just going by what other people are telling us based on how it makes us feel? And where can we find the truth? We can find it in the Bible. And if you are a Christian, listen to this, and your first response is, well, Reggie, the Bible's rewritten, and, you know, um, Shakespeare is this, and you know, all the conversations, you have to be able to have a relationship with God to discern 
the foundational principles. When you live those principles, there's fruit. That's something you have to do. Number two, pride goes before the fall. So he's filling men and women up with pride, not humility. He is not causing people to forgive. He's not causing people to love deeper. He's not causing for people to, to elevate their relationship spiritually. And what I'm saying is not easy. It's not easy. It takes practice. It takes commitment. However, working towards excellence is where the rewards come from, being outstanding. And I hope this conversation was really helpful because I thought long and hard before I brought it to you. Uh, obviously, we could go a lot deeper, spend a lot more time, but I am interested in your thoughts and interested in your perspective, what you agree on, what you disagree on. I want to hear from you. And then here are some of the key takeaways that may help you in taking your next steps from this conversation. Number one, we have to stop blaming one another, both man and woman. That has to take place. Two, we got to seek the truth. Where can we find the truth? Number three, are you aligned with the teachings of Jesus Christ? Because if you're out of alignment, then I pissed you off in this conversation. And if you're aligned, I'm helping reinforce what you already believe. Number four, did this conversation trigger you? Yes or no? And if it did, why? Comment below. Number five, be wise and don't be schooled by the devil. He's schooling you for his benefit, his purpose, his scheme, his plot, not yours. We got to live a more fruitful, more abundant life as Jesus came to help us do. And it's conversations like this that we got to have with one another in our community and outside of our Christian community to help other people realize that who's really at fault here and how we need to combat that. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening and I'll see you soon. KM family, what an incredible episode we just experienced on today's show packed with wisdom and enlightenment. Remember, please subscribe to our newsletter, podcast, and YouTube channel for the best results. In addition, you can contribute to Kingdompreneur Mentor by commenting, requesting topics, or emailing us. And if you desire a deeper relationship with Kingdompreneur Mentor, visit our website at www.kingdompreneurmentor.org and learn more about our courses, masterclasses, and live events. We pray that God's favor goes before you and prospers your way and that people go out of their way to bless you.